looking at here the power of the spoken word. The power of the spoken word. when the early church fell away from apostolic truth, this was uh, following the first century, the early church and the apostles all passing on, and uh, new church leaders began to rise up. They began to put focus on themselves and not on God and not on the individual and his or hers relationship with God. It was all about themselves. So church leaders themselves began to Uh, lift themselves up and uh, thus they lost the personal relationship each each one of us had or each of them had with Christ they lost it in other words uh, if you need to repent uh, you go to the priest and you ask the priest to forgive you and talk to God and pray for you you didn't pray yourself you didn't read the Bible yourself because you didn't understand the word of God yourself they kept the word steeped in either Latin or Greek or some other language. And the people did not know what the word of God said. So I'm just trying to tell you here how that they were removed from a relationship that the early church had with the Lord. The Lord established a relationship with his people, with his disciples, and the disciples with those who were converted under them. And all through the book of Acts, there's a great move of God and people worshiping, praising God, glorifying God, and living for God and speaking to the Lord from their hearts. And that all fell away. And in times, that began to be brought back little by little by little by little. It's still uh, out there that people don't really have a right to talk to God. You don't even have a right to talk to the Lord, so they say. So I'm just pointing out to you here what the scriptures tell us and teach us here. And so I want you to go with me. First of all, I want to talk to you about the power of the word of God, the power of the word of God. So uh, if you'll go with me to number one here, number one, and we want to go to the book of St. John 1, 3, St. John 1, 3 here. In the beginning was the word. So the word was in the very beginning from the Lord and uh, the power of it and had nothing to do with mankind at this point, but it was showing you the power of the word of God above everything else. Look at 1-1, one, one, and I'm going to read down through the first three verses here in St. John 1, 1 through 3. And most of you know these scriptures uh, uh, some degree, if not real well. Some of you real well, maybe, and some of you to some degree. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word uh, with God here it comes from the Greek word pros. And it means to be with him as your health is with you or as your voice is with you or something of that nature is part of you. So uh, the word of God was with God, with God and being approached. The verse number, uh, verse two, the same was in the beginning with God. Uh, three, and all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And this is talking about God using his word to make all things All things came about by the Lord's word. I'm giving you here the greatness of the word of God, the greatness of the word of God, how great it is. Look at Genesis 1.1. I'm going to read the first uh, three verses here. Then I'm going to move on down and just touch base on a few verses here. And this is the second set of scriptures that we have here. Genesis 1.1. And uh, stay with me on this because I'm going to tie this all together in a few moments. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, God said, let there be light, and there was light, because he said it. It's his word. Praise the Lord. I'm looking down at verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And it goes on to say, the end of verse 7, and it was so, it happened. Verse 8, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning was the second day. In verse 9, I'm going to. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. In other words, notice here that it said, God said, and it was so. Verse 11, I'm moving on down through the scriptures here. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit trees yielding fruit and this kind. Whose seed is in the fruit of unto the earth? And it was so. It, in other words, it happened because God said it. That's all he had to do was say it. Because his word is so powerful. Verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. and Let them be for the signs in the season and for days and for years. And it goes on to talk about all the lights and so forth that God has made. And verse, the end of verse 15 says, and it was so. It was so. It happened. And finally down verse 20. And the Lord said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures and so forth. And uh, it goes on to talk about all the things that were made in the waters and the birds of the air as well and so forth. I'm moving on here just to save time, wrap it all up. Finally, in verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle, creeping things, beasts of the earth, his kind, and it was so. And finally, on down, the Lord made man. Now, and that was the last thing that he created after he had made everything that's out there. Now, why are you telling us all this, Brother Myers? Because I want you to understand here how powerful, how powerful the Word of God is. From way back in the beginning, God just said it, and it was so. He said it, and it happened. Praise the Lord. It wasn't any magic stuff. It wasn't any evolving process. It was just that God stated it, praise the Lord, and His Word is that powerful. His Word is that powerful. And this is what the scriptures here is telling us. Just give one other verse of scripture here to confirm that this is one found in Psalms. And I like this one in Psalms because it wraps up most everything that's said in Genesis chapter 1. Here's what it says in Psalms 33 and 6. I'll read two verses, verse 6 and verse 9. Verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Praise the Lord. That's it. It says it all right there. Look at verse 9. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So what I'm trying to show you here is the power, the power that is in the word of God. And if we can somehow or another tap in to that relationship with the Lord, where there is power with him in the word of God, Praise the Lord. We have found something. We have found something. Now, I'm going to move into number two here because I want to get in it more uh, with what that has to do with us. Praise the Lord. Number two, the power of the word of God is available to us 
Think about it. The power of the word of God is available to us. And it's, a, it's available to us in redemption, not in creation. Not in creation, not in making things up there in the heavens and on the earth. You can't say, let there be an elephant, and all of a sudden there's an elephant, or let there be another animal that doesn't exist. I just, I'm going to speak. No, not that. But the power of God for redemption, for our redemption, for us to be redeemed from our sins. There's power in the word. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want to show you here that God has ordained that power in, throughout for mankind to exercise, to have, and to use if he wants to use it and will use it. It's available to him. God has made it available to him. The power of the word is available to us. Now look in Deuteronomy 30, 11. I'll give you a little idea here where we're going on this. Idea of, uh, Deuteronomy 30, 11. It says, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far from far off. Now he's talking about the commandments that he's given unto them for them to live by and how they can overcome their sins and, and iniquities by following the commandments of the Lord. He goes on to say in verse 12, it is not in heaven that it, thou shouldest say who shall go up to heaven and to bring it to us that we may bear we may bear it and do it. Verse 13, neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. Now look what he says in verse 14. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. In other words, he was talking to Israel back then, and he says, when things go bad, if things go wrong for you, and you've lost direction, and you've, you've sinned and fallen away from God, how do you get back to the Lord? You've got to go to, you've got to, go to heaven, you've got to have some power. To get, no, no, no. It's in your mouth. All you have to do is say, God, forgive us. Lord, we repent of our sins. Just think about it. God has given us that right. To speak out the words and just say, Jesus, we need your help. I call upon you. And even in your mouth is what he's saying here. But the word is very nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and our heart, that thou mayest do it. Praise the Lord. And uh, you say, well, Brother Byers, that's just an odd verse there about Israel and everything. No, no, I'm going to confirm it in the New Testament. This is also found in Romans 10, 8, 10, 8. Here's what it says in Romans 10, 8. But what saith it? In other words, he's quoting here now from over in Deuteronomy. What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. The word that he preaches, it's unto you. And all you have to do is have faith in your heart and mind and begin to speak the words and say the words. Now that's for redemption. Anybody can be saved, folks. If all they get, if they'll just open their mouth and begin to repent and call on the Lord and say, Jesus, I want to be saved. Lord, help me. I love you, Jesus. And call on the name of the Lord and the power of God will be manifested. That power, praise the Lord, that made the heavens and the earth. That same power, praise the Lord, will be manifested to you for salvation. That you may walk one day on streets of gold. 
and that you may be saved and go to heaven when you leave this life or when Jesus comes back, whichever happens first. And God has promised it because it is the power of his word. And we have a right to use that. We have a right to use it. God has ordained it, that we can have the word in our heart and that we can speak it forth. Amen. And faith in God will absolutely do it. Praise the Lord. So he's commanded it for our redemption that we may have the word. Uh, let me go just a little further here. I want to show you something else here. This is... Uh, the scripture here, this. Let me, uh, let me go to number three here. Look at this real closely here with us. Number three. All right. Speak out loud the word of the Lord when worshiping and praising God in church or in private devotion. God will honor it. Now listen to me closely, folks. Don't be afraid to speak it out loud. Don't be afraid to speak it out loud. Uh, I, have, I guess I've told this before, but I'll say it again for what it's worth. When I was 16 years old, I came to the Lord and, and, and was saved. And uh, it was in the month of March, and I was 16 years old. And I went to a Pentecostal altar, first time in my life. I've been around Pentecost all my life, but never had gone to the altar, never surrendered to the Lord, never intended to. I thought when I get old, then I'll get right with God and go to heaven then. That's where I had it all figured out. I was 16 years old, and I felt a tug on my heart, the Lord pulling at my heart. And I went down to the altar, and I began to cry and pray and weep before the Lord. People gathered around me and started praying for me. Thank God. I thank God all the time for those people that were praying with me. I don't know who they are. They don't know they're going on to be with the Lord, I'm sure now. But uh, they, they prayed with me. God bless them. But I remember hearing words in my ears saying, say praise the Lord. Say thank you, Jesus. Say I love you, Jesus. They kept saying say that. And in my heart, I kept thinking I can't say that. I, I don't know how to say that. I don't say those things. That's not in me to say I just, and they kept, and I kept crying and repenting and tears running down my face and, and just, and just saying, God, you know, cause I was feeling conviction real bad. And they kept saying, say, praise the Lord, say, thank you. They were trying to get me from repentance into praise so I could receive the Holy Ghost, what they were trying to do. Say, praise the Lord, say, thank you, Jesus, and say, I love you, Jesus. And I, and, and I kept saying to myself, I can't say that. And finally, finally, listen to this. Finally, I said, praise the Lord. I finally said it. And folks, when I did, I felt the Holy Ghost go all over me. I just shook all over. My body shook. And I'd been roller skating. This was on a Sunday night. On the Saturday night, I'd been roller skating in a roller rink with some friends. And I'd fallen a few times and skin up my knees. And I was kneeling on those skin up knees. And they were, they'd been skin up. And every time I'd shake, they'd hurt my knees. I said, oh, my knees hurt to myself, but oh, that felt so good, what I just felt. And I would say, praise the Lord, and I'd feel it all over again. And I'd shake a little bit, and then I'd hold, hold until I could finally endure the, the little bit of hurting that was going on in my knees. And I, then I kept here and say, thank you, Jesus. And it was saying those words of praise. Those are the words 
that the Lord has ordained that you and I can draw close to him and draw nigh unto him. And I was saying it out loud. I wasn't trying to... I was saying it out loud. And I want to say this to you here today, that for us, even to this day, let's not be quiet in our worship. Amen. Amen. Let's be vocal. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about somebody getting a microphone and turning up the amplifier. In the early church, they never had no amplifier. They never had no PA system. And, then, and and you can turn up that stuff and shout into the microphone and blast everybody out, bust eardrums and everything else. You can't. That really can happen. That that part, I, I, I'm not far because at my age, I, I feel the effects of all those things. But as far as just speaking out with your voice and worshiping God and glorifying God and calling on the Lord and just speaking to the Lord, folks, the Lord wants us to do it out loud. So when you come to church, don't sit back in church and just do nothing, but to say, I'm going to speak it out. You say, you say, praise the Lord. You say, thank you, Jesus. You say, I love you, Lord. You say, Lord, you're great. Praise the Lord and greatly to be praised. And just begin to tell the Lord how great he is and the wonderful things he is. And you're speaking the word, praise the Lord. The word of the Lord is in worship. And God wants us to do it out loud. And he doesn't want us to be quiet about it. But he wants to do it when you come to church. Now I'm going to go a a step further. In your personal devotion. Don't just... Wherever you are in your home, in your closet of prayer, I know we don't get into a closed closet. A closet of prayer doesn't mean a closed closet. It means a confined area where that you feel comfortable in praying. Uh, I have a, out on my patio in the morning, I do my morning devotion. I pray and I do my morning devotion out there. And everybody has a way. Some do it in the evening, some do it in the morning, some do it maybe in the middle of the day some way. How? Let me just say this to you. When you do it, Pray out loud. Just speak the words of the Lord. You don't have to say, I love you, Jesus. All you have to say is, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. And speak it out. Speak it out. Why? Because the Bible says, amen, that if we would just speak it out, it says the word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth. The word is in thy mouth. That's speaking it out. It's in thy mouth and in thine heart. So it's in your heart. You can say, Okay, but now I'm going to put it in my mouth. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the heavens. And folks, let's be thankful. Thankful. Why do you say that, Brother Myers? Because there's so many things we can be thankful for. So many things. Praise the Lord. Thank him for your existence. Thank you, God. Thank you for ever making me. Thank you for ever giving me life. Praise the Lord. Thank you for... You know, thank you for eternal life. Praise the Lord. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my grandchildren. I got great grandchildren. Thank you for the grace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the heavens. Thank you for the sun that came up this morning. Thank you for the moon that shone last night. Thank you for all the stars. And the further they look out into space, the more stars they see. And the Bible says that there is the sand of the sea and the stars of the heavens. And it says that, Jesus, that the Lord 
knows the numbers of all the stars and knows them by name. Man can't even count the stars. There's one star in the Big Dipper where the handle comes around like this. And right in the middle of that handle, there's a star. You can see it at night if you ever see the Big Dipper. There's a star there. Actually, that's two stars. And those stars are multi-billions of miles apart. If you want to try to figure out how far apart they are. They're so far apart, you can't imagine. But to us, it's just one star that we're seeing. That's how great the heavens are and God's made them all. Praise the Lord. And so we thank him, praise the Lord, for everything. Thank him for your health. Thank you for the, that you can still walk. Thank you for, for your automobile. Thank you for the shoes on your feet, the clothes on your back. Thank you for your job. Thank you. Oh, it goes on and on. You can spend an hour just thanking him. And the Bible tells us, praise the Lord, to thank him. And don't just say, say, Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for all of these things. And when you pray, Worship him, glorify him, magnify him, and thank him. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm going through a trial and a test. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Lord, it doesn't matter. I still thank you, Lord, that you love me. Thank you, Lord, that you ever reached down and saved me. Thank you, Lord, for the day that you ever dealt with my heart. Thank you for the time I walked in the back of a Pentecostal church. And I sat on the back and I said, who are all these people all just shouting around and some of them running the aisles and some of them dancing in the spirit. And all of a sudden you start dealing with me. Who, who was I that God even cared about me? Of all the billions of people in the world. And God cares about me as an individual. Oh Lord, you do my thanks. You do my praise. Praise the Lord. And I'm just telling you here this something I know that you know. That God wants us to praise him and speak out loud. Praise the Lord, all of these things. Number four here, I'm just named off some of them. Speak out his name in praise, prayer, worship, and thanksgiving. I want to give you a couple of verses here on about thanksgiving. And uh, one of them is found here in uh, Psalms 69. Hey, let me give you this verse about speaking out loud. This is one other I, want, I didn't cover this one. I want you to look at this. Look at Acts 16. I got to do this. I love this verse. I just put this in for free. <laughs> and when they had laid many stripes, this is Paul and Silas when they were put in jail for in Philippi for preaching. They were in Philippi preaching everything and they got put in, arrested and put in jail. Verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, that means they beat them, beat them with a whip, laid many stripes upon them. They cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. In other words, they're under your responsibility and don't you let anything happen that they get away. Look at 24, who, Paul and Silas, having received such a charge, thrust, or the jailer rather, thrust them, Paul and Silas, into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Put their feet in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas said to each other, Oh, this is terrible. Why did God let this happen to us? I didn't know that this was what it was all about, just trying to live for God. Is this what, the, is this what they said? Look at what they said. I mean, their feet are in stocks. They've been whipped. Their backs are bleeding. And, and 
and they thrust them into the inner circle and made their feet fast. At verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed out loud and sang praises unto God out loud. And the prisoners heard them. How do you know it's out loud, Brother Myers? The prisoners heard them. The prisoners in the other jail. Who are those guys over there in that inner jail, way down in the back there someplace? They're, they're singing. And they're worshiping, <coughs> praising God. What they got to praise God about? They're in jail. You know? And they kept on praising, worshiping God. And the next thing you know, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's pants were loose, including Paul and Silas. And they came out. And, of course, you know the story from there. The magistrates came and apologized to them and said, oh, we're so sorry that you were putting the prison into them. And they were let free. And they went on preaching the gospel. Now, I'm only saying all of that to say to you here that when the worst condition came along for them out loud, they prayed. And they sang. Praise the Lord. Brother Myers, would you have done that if that had happened to you? I don't know. Boy, that's rough. Being whipped on the back and then thrown into the middle of the prison and your feet put in stocks. And I'd have probably sat there and said, oh, God, how did this all happen to me? (laughs) But those men knew the power to praise God and glorify him when everything was going wrong. And folks, if we can always learn to say, God, no matter what it is, whether I'm on the mountaintop or in the valley, help me to praise you and to love you. And in your private devotion, open your mouth and just say, Jesus, I love you. I don't know what today is going to bring, but Lord, I want you to know I love you. I thank you. I praise you. I glorify you. Thank you for ever saving me. Thank you for my home, my family, my friends. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the building we've got here. I pass the road of it here sometimes, just driving by, and I look at our church, and I say, God, bless those facilities and all the people in it. Hallelujah. You may not be in it then, but you will be like today. I'm just trying to tell you folks here, God wants us to be grateful and to be thankful and to speak it out loud. And, be, and number four here, let me just say a word about especially giving thanks, especially worship and praise and giving thanks. And I got a couple of scriptures. Look in Psalm 69, 69, 30. Look what it says. I will praise the name of God. Notice it says the name of God. I will praise the name of God. His name is Jesus, incidentally, in case you don't know. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. This also shall please the Lord better, better. Then oxen, oxen, bullocks that have horns and hoofs. Now this is recorded over here in Psalms when they had to bring sacrifices to the Lord. And David, this is a a psalm by David. And David understood, David understood that if you would praise God and worship God, that God was more pleased with that than trying to bring some kind of a sacrifice uh, to the temple and have it offered for sacrifice unto the Lord. That was required if you'd sin and transgress and made things. But what God really wanted them to do was just to praise him and glorify him. And he mentions that, that it's better than an ox or a bullock. And over over in the book of Hebrews, it confirms that. Over in the book of Hebrews, I'm going to read another verse of scripture here to you that uh, is referring to that pretty well that same thought. 
And uh, it says this over in 13, 15. That's your next verse that you would see there right here. Hebrews 13, 15. Uh, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to him continually, continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Praise the Lord. So the Lord wants us to be thankful, folks. So when you say, well, I don't know what to pray about, just say, well, I'm just going to give him thanks. Just in your devotion, just say, Lord, I'm going to just tell you I'm thankful for him. And start thinking of the things to be thankful for. And you you cannot, it, it's, it, there's no end. There's no end to it. So many things that we owe God thanks. And don't say, you know my heart. No, no, just say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. You've given me a mouth. You've given me lips to say it. And I'm going to say it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Use that name. Amen. God love you. Praise the Lord. And so his name, praise the Lord in thanksgiving. <clears throat> now, I'm going to go to number five here. And I want you to look at this very closely here with me. When we talk to God out loud, whether together in church or privately, we are establishing a personal relationship with God. And this is why that's so important, that personal relationship. Now, excuse me a minute, let me. Personal relationship with God is, is so very important. And so and there are some examples that I put here, but before I look at those examples, look over in Matthew 16 with me for a moment. Matthew 16 and verse 13. Now, that's not in your notes there. So if you'll just help us out on the screen up here, that's not in your notes, the one I'm giving you now, 13, but I just, I'm just throwing it in for free. <laughs> All right. 16, 13. Look at what Jesus had to say here. I'm going to read down 13 through 18. When Jesus came in the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? And they said, Some say that there are John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15, look at this. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am? I don't, not who everybody else out there is saying I am, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. That's the Messiah. Thou art the Messiah, the Son of the living God. <clears throat> and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, look at this, I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Now you said to me, you are the Christ. I'm saying to you, thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I'm contending here that I know that Jesus Christ is the rock. I know that. But also the relationship between each of us with Christ is a rock. It's a rock. It's, a, it's the foundation of the church. That's why that he didn't, he didn't say, uh, you know, he said, thou art the Christ. And, uh, and then the Catholic Church tries to say that Peter was the rock. That's wrong. Like he was the first pope. He never was the first pope. Never, never was, I don't think, in some, in fact, some records show, show that Peter may have never been even in, in Rome. So going back here to verse 18, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, 
And upon this rock I'll build my church because he said, There at the Christ, I say you, there you're Peter. Upon this relationship, <coughs> what I am saying here is that as we walk with God and we come to the Lord and begin to serve him, folks, we establish a relationship with Jesus. And this is vitally important, and I've talked about it before, and I'm not going to say much more about it. But we have to have a relationship with Jesus. Praise the Lord. And that relationship that we have with him, praise the Lord, is the rock of this church. It's the foundation. It's the solid rock. I know him. He knows me. And he knows us. He knows us individually. He knows everything about us. And we try to get closer to him and know him. And the Lord wants us to do that because he has felt us so. Now, I want to give you some examples very quickly here. And I know that our time's getting away. And uh, we can do this very quickly here. But there were times whenever men established relationships. First of all, A here, A, Abraham established a relationship with God. I'm talking about relationships because that's what we have with God. With with him through Jesus Christ, his relationship. Now, this is what it says over in uh, Exodus, Exodus uh, 33 and 11. Exodus 33 and 11. I'm sorry. Where am I? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to go to Isaiah. Okay, I'm sorry. Isaiah 41, 8. Isaiah 41, 8. Thank you. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. God called Abraham his friend over here in Isaiah. What kind of relationship was that with God? God Almighty. And Abraham was called by God. He was said, he's my friend. I'm just pointing out to you the relationship that some of these men had with God back way back over even in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord. He had the relationship with the Lord. He was called his friend. I'm looking over here also at James, and that's in your notes there. It's next to the scripture there, James 2.23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God, the friend of God. So here's two scriptures here. And where that God called Abraham his friend. Now, I'm going to move very quickly here and talk to you about Moses. Moses also had a relationship with God that God spoke of him. This is over in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Verse 17 And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. I know thee by name. And uh, later on in verse 22, and that's not in your notes, but and and the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me that he was letting Moses know that there's a place. I'm going to go very quickly here about David, about David. And the Lord talked about David, praise the Lord. And uh, in verse, in First Samuel 13, 13, 13, 13, 13, First Samuel, Samuel said to Saul, this is Saul, the king that had failed God. God had raised him up and he had failed God. And Samuel said to Saul, Saul, Samuel was the prophet, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God. Verse 14. 
But now thy kingdom shall be, shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath com- commanded him to be captain over his people. And so what you're looking at here then is a scripture that says, talks about David taking him's place. And this is also referred to over in, <clears throat> over in, uh, uh, in Acts thirteen twenty two, Acts thirteen twenty two, and when he had removed him, he raised up. This is Saul. He's talking about now. When he's in reference back to Saul in the Old Testament, and when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave commandment and said, "I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will." I'm noticed. I'm sure pointing out to you here. How that these people had a very special place with God. Very special place with God. And folks, that's what we have with the Lord. We have a very special place with God. Praise the Lord. And let me read another verse of scripture to you here. That's found over here in John 15. I'm moving very quickly here because I know my time. John 15, 13. John 15, 13 here. Praise God. Okay, let me find it. Okay, I found it. Yeah, we are going to see John fifteen thirteen. Hang on a second. I didn't have it marked in my Bible. All right, fifteen thirteen. Yeah, I didn't have it marked. I apologize for that. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. This is Jesus talking to his disciples now. Now look at verse 14. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Ye are my friends. Now I'm going to say this to all of us. We are his friends. The Lord has made us his friends. And so just as he made his disciples his friends, he has made us friends. We are his friends. Praise the Lord. And then going to number six here and finishing wrapping it up here. Let us be diligent to pursue Christ and all that pertains to him as his friend. And I'm going to read this last verse here to you found here in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 7, 17 rather. Matthew 7. Uh, Yeah, where is it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Matthew 7, 7, ask, and it shall be given you. Everybody see that? Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, 
and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So the Lord's telling us here, because we have access to God through his word, he wants us to seek him, ask for him, ask him, seek his face, knock, and the Lord said, I'll open the door, and he'll let us, praise the Lord, have his blessings and his goodness, and he'll pour out all these things upon us. And the last verse I'm going to read here to you uh, is one that I do not have in your notes, but I'm just going to read it from you. It's out of Ephesians 5, 17, 17 and verse 20, 5, 17. And if they'll help us on that, uh, it's uh, Acts, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 5, 17. Thank you. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. Everybody see that? And I'm going to close with this now. Giving thanks always for all things. All things means everything. Just say, God, I thank you, Lord. Sometimes it's tough, but we say, God, I thank you. Giving thanks to God always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord has given you and I a very special place in him, folks. Let's not hold our peace. Let's not close our mouths. Let's not say, oh, well, uh, you know, we'll just say it in prayer. You don't have to go to somebody else and ask them to pray to God for you. You can just start calling on him yourself. If you don't know the Lord, reach out to him. Start calling on him. The Lord will give you his spirit, his presence, his power, his great glory. And he will not hold it back from you. Let's stand together and give God the praise and the glory here this morning. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. First of all, Lord, we thank you for your people. We thank you for the church. Thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you that you love us, Lord. We would be nothing and nobodies if you did not love us. We were nobodies, and we are basically without ourselves. We are nothing, even as Paul himself declared that of himself. Oh, Lord, we are nothing without you, but God, you have made us to be your child. You have made us to be part of your kingdom, and you've given us, Lord, the power to exercise your name and your word, Lord, through thanksgiving and praise and worship and glory. Thank you for all the heavens you made. Thank you for the earth and all things that are there on that you made, Lord. But, Lord, you have made mankind on this earth, Lord, to be special unto you. And one day we know you're coming back, Lord. You're coming back for your church and for your people. You're coming back, Lord, to take us home to be with you in glory so that where you are, there we shall be also. We love you, Jesus, with all of our hearts. We give you the praise and the glory and glorify you. In Jesus, Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.